Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Michelle, and I'll be hosting the podcast for this time. We released our monthly global market outlook today titled The Many Walls of Worry. This week's data and events has clearly given us a lot to worry about. At the same time, we see several opportunities for investors during these times of uncertainty. Today, I have with me Rajab Bhattacharya, our macro strategist, to give us his thoughts on the evolving economic landscape. We'll discuss the latest Fed meeting, the key macro data, and how investors should position themselves going forward. Okay, Rajat, let's get straight into it. So it's probably the most important event of the week, which was the Fed policy meeting. What was your take for the meeting? Hi, Michelle. Uh, Glad to be here. Yes, uh, the Fed meeting was indeed the focus of all attention. And the Fed delivered on its uh, promise earlier to uh, hike another 75 basis points. This was the second straight 75 basis points hike. And it takes the Fed rate to the neutral level, the so-called neutral level of 2.5%, which means that they believe that at this rate, the economy is neither being restrictive or, or expansionary. So they are at that neutral level. The key is what happens next. And uh, Fed Chair Powell clearly guided that he's open to another 75 basis points hike, which would take the Fed rate to restrictive territory. It will start to hurt growth from here on. So the question is whether he will, uh, whether he can. And and our our view is that he he probably will not be able to deliver all of the 75 basis points in the next meeting, maybe it is going to be another 50 basis points. Why we say that? Because of two reasons. One is inflation. We think that inflation is probably going to peak or has peaked already, and it will start slowing month on month. Powell did say that he needs to see two or three months of month on month slowdown in inflation. We will get one or two more data points there before the September Fed meeting. And then we will also have a few data points on the job market. Job market, as you know, is very healthy. It's red hot job market in the US. We will get a couple of more data points before the September meeting. Uh, already the, the jobless claims are rising. We will need to see, uh, at least the Fed will need to see that this continues uh, uh, and, and, and so that it cools the job market. We will need to see a rise in unemployment rate, for instance from near 50-year lows of 3.6%. So if those two happen, if the the jobless claims continue to rise and inflation falls month on month for the next couple of months, then the Fed will have a reason to go slow on rates, maybe another 50 basis points in September and followed by another 25 basis points uh, by the end of the year. I see. So um, the Fed meeting was, of course, followed by the much-anticipated U.S. GDP data for the second quarter. So the U.S. economy contracted again in the second quarter. The question now is that, does it mean that U.S. has entered into a recession? That's a good question. And, uh, you know, in in terms of the technical definition of recession, it's uh, two quarters of consecutive contraction means the U.S., was in a recession, in a technical recession in first half. But 
the NBER, which is the official pronouncer of recessions, will not think so. I, I don't think they will call this a recession yet because what they look at is a broader array of data. And that includes job markets, underlying consumption, and both of them are pretty strong. The consumption is slowing. In the second quarter, we did see a slowdown in private consumption. Uh, but the job market is red hot, as I discussed just a while ago. And what that means is that when you have uh, an, a jobless rate of near 50-year lows at 3.6%, well below the Fed's long-term goal of unemployment goal of 4%, we can't really call it a real recession. What did happen, though, in the data, and it's very clear from the data, is that there's an inventory destocking going on. Though, so, so producers and 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 the supply and and the uh, warehouses and the businesses are destocking their inventory. And also, we did see a slowdown in private consumption, crucially, and 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 also the housing market has slowed significantly. So, the housing market is a, uh, is a major part of uh, the driver of the economy with high mortgage rates, the demand for houses have fallen and as a result, construction activity is slowing. So all of that is suggesting that there is a significant slowdown, but we can't still call it a recession yet. We will need to go look forward uh, to, to these two figures really in terms of uh, consumption, whether consumption continues to contract because households are now constrained by rising costs. And then, of course, we need to see that that that, that uh, job market and whether unemployment rises uh, uh, significantly from here on. If those two things happen, then we uh, have a risk of a recession in the second half. Right. So um, from all the drivers or macro signs that you've mentioned just now, uh, what does all of these mean to investors? And how should we position ourselves for this period of heightened macro uncertainty? Yes, uh, that is critical. Now, what is happening is that the mood in the markets is clearly shifting from worries about inflation to worries about recession, as we discussed. But at the same time, the bad news about the macroeconomy is good news for markets in a way. Uh, and why do, I, why do I say that? It's because the, the slowdown, the economic slowdown, even recessionary risk means that Fed will most likely then pause its rate hiking cycle in the second half. So it, I, I, just, I said it could hike another 50 basis points in, in September and then maybe another 25 basis points, we shall see. But then we expect the Fed to pause. If, and the market is already a forward-looking uh, 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 vehicle. So what it does is it looks for and anticipates what the Fed is going to do. It's already anticipating that, which is why you see bond deals also. The long-term bond deals, the two-year government bond deal, both fell uh, after the Fed meeting and after the, the, the latest U.S. Uh, uh, GDP data. So all of that is supportive of stock prices. So that's good news for equity markets. What we need to do, though, is that we we are still not out of the woods. I mean, we still have the recession risks uh, out there. So given that our allocation, asset allocation, is pretty widely diversified, within that, we do prefer income strategies. Our benchmark income asset allocation is yielding eight, uh, 6%. Uh, that's a, uh, those levels we haven't seen for a long, long time. It's very attractive. 
The other thing we need to do is add exposure to bonds. Bonds have been out of favor for years. Uh, the equity market has done very well over the years, but the bonds have done that, that, that well. Uh, so now it's the time, now that bond yields are high and they have probably peaked, in our opinion, then it is time to add exposure to bonds. And finally, in terms of regions, we prefer the Asian region in terms of both the equities, uh, especially in China, and also Asia dollar bonds. Uh, both are attractively valued. And China and Asia, mind you, especially China, is on a different economic cycle to the West. China's economy seems to be recovering. So that's good news for Asian assets. But at the same time, I would uh, say that we should maintain those hedges, those hedges against inflation and geopolitical risk. How do we do that? Through gold, through energy equities, and through private assets. So with that, uh, I think we will have a, a well-balanced portfolio, but hedging for the risks. Got it. Thank you so much, Rajah, for sharing your macro insights. So that's all we have for today. And thank you, listener, for joining us. On Monday, we'll be back with our Cut to the Chase podcast series that will guide you through the ins and outs of macro data, policymaker comments, and of course, the evolving Q2 earnings season. With that, let me bid you farewell and take care. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.